You just heard War from the eponymous Burzum record. Uh, this is Requiem Metal Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Jason. And uh, this episode brought to us by a generous donation from Miss Shauna Perez, who thank you very much for your executive producership this week. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's like the third or fourth, uh, maybe even the fifth episode in a row we've had executive producers, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So and and we, we even think, have one lined up for the next episode, too. So. I think it's almost neck and neck, uh, male and female, which is very encouraging. We uh, we have, we, just like Justin Bieber, I was telling Mark, <laughs> we have a, apparently a female following out there, at least female following that's willing to donate. So Yeah, well, this this is uh, Women's History Month, isn't it? It is. It is. They, so, get, uh, they get their own month, finally. <laughs> and Black's it's just it's got not their, like Black the, History Month, the yeah, shortest Black, month of the year. Yeah, shortest so. month of the year, so... But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's Burzum time and it's, it's kind of odd. Um, you know, Mark and I, in our own sort of separate ways have been on, I guess our own separate Burzum kicks and, uh, mine oddly enough started from pulling out a lot of, uh, ambient, um, Radiohead records. And I was, <laughs> it was the, when the new Radiohead came out, for some reason I backlogged, uh, through Kid A and, and, uh, amnesiac and and other records and for some odd reason had this impulse to just start pulling out a lot of burzum stuff i know burzum and oliver are big uh big hits with indie rock people yeah yeah i mean it makes sense because honestly like when you listen to you know uh that samangain var like right next to like some of the stuff on kid a it like it kind of made sense sense. it was weird you know so uh and then of course you know burzum has a new record uh that's coming out and will probably be out uh, pretty close to when you hear this podcast if you're listening to it it'll be out the tuesday after yeah so the 15th of march 15th of march so but uh well one thing just to just set the record straight uh we're not going to talk about his his uh storied past or storied uh, is it storied or storied past um Sorid or storied or storied. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, was, yeah. I was wrong both, both uh, times. But I wasn't aware he even had one. To tell you the truth. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> every, I'm sure everybody has heard of his. Uh, you know, might have killed somebody. Might not have. Might have burned some churches. Whatever. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into uh, discussion if he's an Aryan. If he's a Nazi, I really don't give a shit. Um, I'm pretty I, sure well, he's probably an Aryan in terms of like. You know where he comes from. Where he comes from, but, but as far as be like a Aryan member of the Aryan race or some or of the you know, yeah. yeah anything like that. So I'm not. I really don't care about what his social leanings are. Uh, in the past, I've boycotted Burzum for a long time because of of those things. But I kind of I can justify it to myself now. Yeah, and, I, uh, I think since he got out of prison, there's not quite so much of that stuff bubbling to the surface. It's not so obvious. Although a lot of people that interview him still kind of go back to all that and just like. I'd really rather just hear about what he's doing musically because somehow he's managed to have like a 16 year gap and still come back pretty like right on the money. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even people like, you know, like Fenner is having it one of his, you know, top albums of last year for Bellis and, um, you know, just it's been a lot of it's been actually reviewed really, really well. Yeah, I know Jay Bennett was a big fan of it. Yeah, go back and and read, kind of discover a lot of this stuff. You know, pre Philosophy, which is kind of the big the big record. But yeah, and it's uh, you know, I I think myself having missed the the first and I guess the original part of the second wave of black metal by the time I finally got into it uh, was you know ninety five. You know, at that point, you know, it was kind of had run its course in terms of a lot of the controversies had well, already, he's already in jail. Yeah. And so <laughs> I didn't, uh, I, I guess from that standpoint, I always avoided Burzum and I, I, in my own way, like you said, kind of boycotted it and stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, you know, kind of through the years that I, I've sort of, you know, I think you have to come to your own 
personal kind of conclusions of how, how to approach this music if you want to approach it. Well, and you can I, I justify yourself it, from the politics. Yeah, of it. by not being a, a, a historian of music, a mm-hmm. student of history. Uh, I think it's definitely something that people should have in their collection or at least be aware of. I just don't get back patches or T-shirts. Sure, and, and plenty <laughs> and plenty of people uh, who make great music have, have been terrible people. And, and yeah. so, you know, um, I mean, one of the, the people I'll actually compare uh, Burzum to later on in the show is, is uh, you know, Phil Spector it, in a weird way kind of way i'll get into that later but um and you know he's not a not a very good oh has got better hair he does does have and and more of more of actual eyebrows i think yeah uh, but every time i think of phil specter now i think of the dude from lost highway uh, <laughs> it doesn't have any eyebrows he's standing on the road on, all the time but yeah anyway so i mean there's you know again um i i know friends i've talked to who kind of uh tread lightly in terms of how you know whether or not they even want to approach burzum and and so we're just going to kind of run through uh, some of our favorite tunes, I guess. I mean, in no way is this going to be uh, the entire history of Burzum. I mean, we're, we're, we're barely exploring a lot of the older stuff, um, just kind of giving you little brief vignettes of it. But but I think a little goes a long way with Burzum. If you like what you hear here, you're going to go back and, and you know, well, yeah, check and out some of the, the, the full lengths and, I and think get in that they're, uh, they're definitely, and I probably sound like a broken record, but they're definitely one of those bands that their their records are meant to be heard in in their entirety. They're not yeah. necessarily a singles band. Although the song we open up with war stands out from the rest of the songs it's, on the self-title. That's kind of an oddball. It's, it remind, I mean, it sounds like uh, almost like a better to put together early mayhem song. Yeah. You know, with, mm-hmm. with how it, there's a lot of like weird punk influence and just all that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. In the, very, in the beginning uh, very Tom G warrior. And you, actually uh, you said Kronos from Venom. Yeah. Kinda, a know. lot of, well, there's a Euronymous solo in this yeah. as well, which, yeah. It's a kind sweet of funny since giving what their history would become, but well, and it's also kind of cool too because it's so rare. Other than the, um, I do believe it's on Detsam Engangvar that Samoth plays bass. No, it's the ASCII EP. Oh, it's the ASCII EP. Okay. Yeah. Other than the ASCII EP with Samoth, it's the, really the only time that Varg ever had guest music. He had a live time. drummer. Oh, okay, live, but not but not on record. No, he was never. He's he recorded all of his own drums from the best I can gather. Yeah, and so we're talking about you know again Varg Vikingrins, if you uh, or or Count Grishnak or you know Burzum, I'm you know all, all these the, different the candy oh, selling count. Yeah, all these different names, but it's 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 one singular guy that's that's making most of this music. And as you heard, you know he's clearly coming from uh, you know the old school roots of, of black metal in a song like War. You heard the Venom, you heard the Bathory, you heard even the the Hellhammer, Tom G Warrior kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you know, and it comes off the debut record and I guess the older style of Burzum, you could kind of put it akin to like Transylvanian hunger or Nathan's madrigal, or it's just, it's very unsettling, uh, very lo-fi produced. Um, it was anti-music. That was yeah. kind of the, the idea, even, you know, the, the production was meant to sound, and I don't know if it was necessarily always. Well, a lot of it was a big fuck off to death metal bands because yeah. there's all that. You all know, the like everybody wants to sound more like sound Morbid and Angel stuff, and yeah. stuff, and they're like, "Well, we want to sound, you know, have this completely otherworldly kind of vibe yeah. to this." But we should mention this is from 1992. Uh, it's Deathlike Silence Productions, Euronymous's label, the second release. Second release after Merciless, right? Merciless was Deathlike. I believe Silence that was number, number one. one. Yeah, yeah, and this was uh, limited to a thousand copies on vinyl. And uh, produced in the famous Greg Holland Studios by Python, uh, who did most of the early Burzum stuff, um, I think, except for Philosophy. He did everything up to Philosophy, which was more of a compilation record anyways, and we'll yeah. get into that later. But, uh, 
Yeah, the other thing, cool thing about War uh, from the debut record, it it's opened, also a Bathory song, but not the same song. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but it, it almost feels like that too. Uh, it opens up Side Winter of the record. Yes. Uh, the first four songs were Side Hate. So you have side. Hate, I think there's wasn't winter. there a side darkness and side evil on something like an abruptum record or something? <laughs> Probably something like that. Uh, and even though it doesn't sound like a lot of the rest of the record, a lot of the rest of the record sounds a little bit closer to the the, the stuff we're going to play in in a moment. Um, the more repetitive, yeah, songs. And, and the shrilling vocals that are just like really unsettling. Well, there's a little stuff. bit of that in a war, but it's just it's it's kind of. I it's mean, that was one more of the, catchy than, than yeah, the other stuff. It, the, the vocals were the one thing early on that turned me off. Like Dark Throne, I could get behind that as a mm-hmm. kid, but. First, like hearing some birds and stuff, it's like, God, this sounds awful. Yeah, and and some of you may have some issues with the vocals if you haven't listened to a lot of old birds and before. So we're gonna kind of give you that that I guess parental advisor here or warning. You know, <laughs> well, be, we thought be about as doing open a, minded as you uh, can. A two parter with us, and we're like, I think that's just kind of probably just wear people out. Horse, yeah. yeah, like you know, we were kind of leaning. Yeah, I kind of wanted to squeeze my journey to the stars in, but it's it, we just didn't have time, and and that would be like I guess a prime slab of like early Burzum, but you can gleam that from some of these other songs anyways. Um, but one thing I do want to say about Bur- uh, about War that's kind of interesting is I, I this song is really predictive of like the movement that's going to emerge kind of post this record, like the Black Thrash movement, like Ara Noir mm-hmm. and Nifelheim and, and some of that kind of stuff that's like more, more groovy. Yeah, yeah, you know, more destruction, Sodom kind of oriented. Teutonic. But, yeah, more Teutonic. There you go. But it's, but it's not... Uh, I don't know. It's not the most representative of that record, but I think you know Mark and I, being the uh, the the tricksters that we are, contrarians, uh, like to you know fuck with people a little bit. And there's a lot of people who hate this song, uh, especially like you know diehard yeah. cult black this, metal. This is always one that stood out to me but, as being like entertaining. And I, I also wanted to get something on here early that was kind of unrepresentative of the band just to yeah. show the diversity of what yeah. some of this older stuff sounded like. Yeah. So and that's that's kind of why why we went with what we did, but. Uh, you know the the stuff that we're mostly playing uh, on the first half of the show is all the I guess the pre prison uh, recordings and stuff. We're we're gonna thankfully avoid anything that he did in prison, which people kind of know has a kind of bad reputation for being just like shitty keyboard type music. And uh, well, and the reason behind it is even worse. That you know I don't want to use yeah. guitars because it's instrument of, of the blacks of the and black, all this. Yeah, and I was exactly. just like, Ugh, okay. So, and so, plus they were just terrible. Yeah, just bad <laughs> bad music is bad music. You know. So, but um, you know the. The next place they went is they put out the Asgate EP, um, which featured, uh, you know, kind of a notorious photo of some burning churches and stuff, which brought some notoriety. Um, and it was three songs, a re-recording of one song, but the middle song, which we'll play in a, in a uh, not next, but the second, to, you know, uh, after the song we play, that will start off the next set. Um, Demunos Satanos is more of like a... Uh, Kind of like a, a small symphony, you know, kind of like a prism, yeah. kind of thing. It's it's very despairing. There's very little vocals. It's it's essentially an instrumental, but it, but it, yet it kind of tells its own musical story. It's different it's, than yeah. You said it sounded reminded you of like some of the interludes for Blessed or the Sick from Morbid Angel. Sure, that, but, that but kind almost of like thing. more thought out, you know, it's and like, not not quite as pompous as some yes, of the stuff on yeah, Morbid Angel. <laughs> definitely, definitely don't want to piss Varg out there by comparing to Morbid Angel, which might be the utter, you know, the, the antithesis of what he stands for. But actually, be, prior to recording Aska, they actually recorded uh, the, the second full-length, uh, which is Det Sam Angan Var, 
which stands for what once was. And, um, you know, it's just they put at, they released, decided to release Ascape prior to that. You know, so it's it's <laughs> it's confusing to say the least of how this stuff is, is released. And, and then Ascape later shows up on the back end of the Burzum self-titled. You know, that's how you can really find it now. You can't even find the Ascape EP. Oh, no, there's know, no way in hell you're going to find expensive it. It's expensive as hell. I and mean, Ascape this- uh, means ashes. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. There you go. Which, uh, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, but... Um, you know, the next song we're going to kind of play, um, which is, you know, for my money, and I think Mark was the one that picked this song and uh, called Lost Wisdom off of Det Sam Anganvar, is probably like one of the catchiest or poppiest songs of the early Burzum stuff. But, you know, there's like a melody below this, the, the, below the kind of like the hate filled vocals that are like so, you know, reminiscent or, or so. It's a uh, present there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's 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 the genius of of you know Varg you know is that he's able to sort of meld a lot of different musical layers, uh, you know underneath what sounds like really poorly recorded music. It sounds really lazy almost. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, in a weird way, I mean, Varg is like the the pavement of black metal. You know, like it, it's like slacker, he's the Steve Malcolmus, yeah, of Satan. or something <laughs> like that. You know, it's it's so bizarre that that he's able to to sort of fool people almost you know yeah. like upon most early listens like first couple times i heard all these old burzum stuff like i didn't really think too highly of it you know i didn't really it didn't oh, yeah. do much for me you know i didn't really hear the subtleties and the you know different layers that were sort of going well, i on. think it, it takes kind of a trained ear to fully appreciate it i think more i think i appreciate it way more now of course than it would you know when i was when i was a kid and looking for I mean, Dark Throne was about as over the top as I went Yeah, back then for that stuff. And I think a lot of it, too, for you and I is that we've gone through such a series of, you know, um, listening to things like, uh, you know, Albert Eiler or, or, or even the, you know, the really heavy duty Coltrane stuff or Cecil Taylor in the jazz realms. And then some of the more, you know, like just outright noisy stuff, the, the Velvet Underground or like Tony Conrad or mm-hmm. any of those sort of avant you know, people have sort of done Noy and can and yeah, that kind of stuff and, and, and it's almost like cycled us back through. And so, like, I don't hear this stuff the same way I did back in 1995 when I first, you know, like approached it, and it just sounded like somebody recorded something on a cassette tape, like a bad, like sixth generation dub. Yeah, you know, just yeah. the static kind of pouring out at you. Now, like the static almost adds like a warm, warmer tone to some of like the riffs and some of like the things that are happening. Oh, absolutely. Um, the only thing that's just so you know, I mean, so still difficult. Maybe not for you and I, but difficult for I think a lot of people would be the vocals. And so the vocals are harsh. You know, I'll, uh, I'll give them that. There's no way to apologize for him. That it's just part of what he's he's trying to do. But but you know you know nowadays that's they're not really that over the top. No, no. Um, you know, I mean, I think he's he you know. A lot of the the basic themes of Burzum, besides some of the fantasy Tolkien elements that you find in a couple of the earlier records, are things like, uh, you know, despair and mournfulness and, and things. I mean, it's not as like uh, Nihilism. overtly satanic, maybe, as some of the other black metal stuff that was coming out. Um, but it's but it's very yeah nihilistic. It's it's anti everything. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, anti music in a way. And so anti mosh, yeah, anti mosh, yeah, which was the what the anti road runner, anti Eric, anti Eric. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah, mosh. Duh. Yep. Um, <laughs> not thinking quite straight, but um, yeah. So so again, that's you know. 
it depends on what your musical experience is, how you'll approach this. And so maybe the first time you hear some of these songs, you're really not going to know where to go with them, you know. But um, yeah, so we're going to we're going to start with Lost Wisdom, um, you know, which really plays on uh, a Dark Throne kind of Thorns riff is sort of built into there. It's um, I think it has kind of one of the quintessential. There's like probably two or three different like quintessential Burzum riffs. And mm-hmm. I think this song really has, has the one yeah. that, that I'll mention. And uh, lyrically it's again, exploring the, you know, planes of existence, uh, you know, just existential. Meta- yeah. Weirdness. Very, very yeah. existential. And then we'll go into the Demonos, uh, Sathanos tune from the ASCII EP. Uh, you know, it's again, very, you know, like its own little small symphony, very despairing riff, only one sort of vocal scream. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's very minimal, but yet like full in a, in a weird sense. And then we're going to close out with a song, uh, which we'll talk more about when we come back, but I, I do want to set it up because I want you to sort of be prepared for it. Um, if for my money, this is my favorite piece of, of, of Burza music. Um, it's, it's sort of an epic tune. Uh, a lot of Burzum and black metal fans would rank this as the the Burzum song and there's even a lot of people that that say that this is the black metal moment like if you were to take one song um i don't know mark and i'll come maybe talk about that when we come back i i kind of don't know if i wholly agree with that but it's it's an interesting thought but um so when you get to this song i recommend taking some quiet time and really like being contemplative it's very much a headphone song because it starts off with three minutes of sort of like introductions before even a guitar riff comes in you know yeah. it's so it's not like a song that you're just gonna like it's pick up on a catchy beat or something like yeah. that so just kind of fair warning to, to get into that headspace before you hear this uh song which of course means um what once was so enjoy uh lost wisdom demonos sathanos and death sam angang bar
Detsam Anganvar, Demanos Satanos, and Lost Wisdom uh, there. So that that tune that you just heard, um, I told Mark to be forewarned because I had a few thoughts that I just wanted to, <laughs> to sort of, you know, talk about it. Um, you know, it's very mournful, very contemplative. Um, I, you know, f- f- the thing I can say is that, you know, you know, Burzum's definitely like, you know, a band that wants to personify evil in a lot of ways. And I feel like this song itself is, is, is that in a way in, in that it's an incantation or almost like a spell or something like that. I mean, it's very like hypnotizing in that it's trying to bring you into like a different state of consciousness almost. Well, I think he's been, hasn't been quoted as saying, at least when I know with Philosophem, that, that the writing was almost like casting a spell or creating, mm-hmm. you know, creating something of alchemy. Yeah. And, and I think it, this is it, you know, like if, you know, he like gets the, it's like magic in a bottle, you know, for a moment. And even probably with, with Dunkelheart, uh, which we'll, we'll be hearing, uh, a little bit later but um you know it's it's very dangerous but it's also very beautiful i mean it's all those things that like you know people find in, intriguing about horror movies or evil or or, or any kind of witchcrafty type thing and, mm-hmm. and i don't you know want to go too far with that but um you know it it really the vocals don't come in for quite a while and when they the vocals finally come in they're almost used like very sparingly throughout almost uh kind of as a weapon to like unsettle you in a way i mean i think there's a lot of really contemplative things in what he's doing there you know there's mm-hmm. no like you know like in lost wisdom the vocals are kind of normally there you know they're like where they're the supposed to be yeah pretty stock. um you know the swirling keys that you find in this you know the weight of the song is is very like you know, it's it's all over the place, and and as I said before at the beginning of the show, to me this is like almost the lo-fi kind of Phil Spector kind of mood that it's giving. It's it's got this wall of sound to it, even though Phil Spector is known for his perfection of recording. This is like the anti of that, but yeah. yet it's there. It's kind of bringing you into that kind of thing, painting the same picture, but just um, on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, and I guess if someone were to ask me like what black metal is, I'd probably show them this song and Freezing Moon, to tell you the truth. Like, because I feel like they capture, like, the, you know, Freezing Moon captures, like, the sort of the the speed and the intensity. Mm-hmm. And this captures, like, that sort of despairing, like, utter pit of blackness kind of mood setting that, that you get get out of black metal, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and the thing that gets me, really, is if you get into the proper headspace and you get to that eight-minute mark, um, you know, it to me, it's it's like uh, it, it's exactly what the title of the record that it comes from is, which the title of the record oh escapes me. Hvis uh, licit tarus, uh, which means if the light takes us, and and to me, this is that moment, the eight minute mark when that guitar like solo kind of comes in. If you're really in the right headspace, that's like this like spiritual death or enlightenment kind of moment. <laughs> like you're just like, whoa. And I remember this is the song that I listened to over and over and over again all last week. And uh, I kept bugging Mark and telling him like, I just can't stop listening to this song. And I think, I think it's, that's why, you know, it's like this, it's a spiritual song in a way. And it's like, you know, that's kind of his, his state, his anti-spiritual yeah, song, his anti-spiritual song. Everything's going to be anti his spiritual, uh, badness. So his spiritual black dimensions. Well, and then this is really the last album that's recorded, uh, not recorded, but released before he gets, uh, into some legal troubles, um, and goes but, to prison for a while, but he did record a record. It just didn't come out until 1996 when he was already in prison. And, yeah. uh, he kind of recorded different pieces of this record. And that's kind of been known as the, uh, well, for some people, the quintessential, uh, you know, Burzum record. And maybe in terms of like 
long-term influence because um you know the early birds and stuff fit fit right in with mayhem and dark throne in terms of the you know, yeah. nihilistic kind of you know what kind of metal. i think this is where he kind of split away i mean even in uh uh set taros uh, i think that's you can definitely see where he's yeah headed. the ambient moments are there yeah. in that song we and just it's really heard. starting to, okay this is birds and it's not just some other black metal band because a lot of the time it was kind of interchangeable a lot mm-hmm. to the untrained ear and uh yeah philosophy came out in 96 and uh, we're going to be listening to Dunkel Heights Darkness, mm-hmm. one of the first songs ever recorded under the Burzum moniker. Yeah, and in fact, well, he, he claims that when he recorded this, this is what made him decide to change the name from Urukai, which mm-hmm. is a Tolkien reference to Burzum. Which actually, Burzum itself is a Tolkien reference from a speech from uh, from Mordred in uh, one of the Tolkien novels. Yeah, so he, he was he was good with picking up evil yeah, words, you yeah, know. Exactly. Uh, he makes references to. There's a song called the the crying orcs and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's you know he has maybe maybe a minor sense of humor. I don't know. He generally doesn't seem like he does, but but maybe uh, maybe somewhere deep deep in that pit of blackness. Yeah, I, he's I, like the Grinch. Maybe I somewhere just, in there. If everything was done in in Norwegian titles, I think I would be happier because it's a little bit more of a mystery. I mean, yeah. it's like watching a a subtitled horror film. I think you can kind of like immerse yourself it's like more, more into settling or something. Yeah, and yeah. it's so it's so outside of your your uh, your realm of experience that it it's, it seems that much more crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah. And what you hear in this this song, which opens the record up, uh, Dunkelheit or Darkness or Burzum or whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, I mean, it's very like we heard in the last song, kind of otherworldly almost. Um, it's it's a beautiful song, but it's also very mean too. You know, like yeah. it's very spiteful. And uh, I, I read somewhere uh, someone made a comment. That it, it the vocals have been processed so many times that it's removed the humanity from the voice, which I thought was a really cool statement. Because well, it, supposedly the vocals are recorded on like a, a headset you talk to the uh, the guy in the booth with, yeah, like something that would that just sounds terrible. It's compressed, yeah, like really yeah, I mean, bad. It's very alien, you know. Like, yeah. and, and I, I think again, he's he's an artful guy. It's it's weird, and I think it's one of the reasons that uh, you know, like you know hipsters or indie rock people or even avant musician people are drawn to burzum in some sort of way because i think he's actually thinking about stuff and well and like what what he did with the uh the guitars how he recorded the guitars on this reminds me of something that can would have done the the german kind of prog band that was very crouchy for using all these weird you know Mm -hmm. patch chords into the, the stove or whatever but he actually didn't use an amp at all he like took his guitar plugged it into like this a stereo receiver yeah and then had a pedal like an old fuzz pedal into yeah it's it. very fuzzy it's, you know, it's got a 70s tone but it's, to there's, it. it's incredible there's a lot of noise going on but there's also a lot of precision like you actually hear notes mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like you listen to it on headphones or listen to it on a good stereo and it actually sounds full yeah even though it's there's so much noise and then near the end of the song you hear some really cool clean spoken vocals but they're uh but again even though they're clean they're not like <laughs> They still make you feel sort of foreign or, or odd, you know, unsettling, yeah. you know, in a, in a sense. But uh, it's cool. I mean, it's beautiful, but spiteful. It's it's all these kinds of things. And uh, I do want to point out one thing I noticed in it about the 305 mark. Uh, Emperor steals uh, a riff from this in With Strength I Burn from Anthems. I believe uh, it. What's that? I believe it. Yeah. And so it's 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 right there. But uh, I mean, Burzum were probably one of the most influential black metal bands oh, on the scene, without, without, without a doubt. Them and Mayhem and probably Dark Throne were. were but I think three. I think Burzum, as far as being influential to um, really kind of forward thinking 
mm-hmm. like band leaders. Yeah, I think the Burzum was the band that kind of not necessarily you know getting the the kind of riffs that they necessarily do all the time, but thinking about how they construct the music and creating their own sound. And well, I think they influenced probably people like uh, like the Alvers, like the Enslaves, bands that were able to progress much further, much quicker. You oh, know, yeah, away yeah. from from some of the stuff without going like symphonic or something. Like, you know, going like, Dimmerborg or, or something. Dimmerborg yeah. style. You know, and then we uh, this this will be the only record that we actually play two songs off of because it is a decibel hall of fame record and thus it's, deserves it's the one a i it's the only old. it's only a burzum record i own is it yeah, <laughs> and um uh jesus jesus todd or death of jesus uh is the second song we're gonna play so this is kind of the one-two punch this song is a little bit uh it's, it's got a little bit more up and go to it um the the riff drum combo is is pretty delicious i said um the drums sound terribly awful yeah terribly awfully awesome but i but i think it's the best drum performance i've heard in any burzum song. oh yeah yeah i mean it's just it's they're, just they're monotonous i mean they sound like they're recorded like in a paper sack but i love how it sounds <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. it sounds terrible but great exactly and uh you know it's kind of your your average sort of christian hating champagne jam is what i wrote down kind of a <laughs> mr show reference there but uh you know it kind of feels like a day mysterious mayhem type song mixed with uh like a more folky in early enslaved kind of song like kind of yeah. mashed together um you know one thing i do want to mention about philosophy is this record when it came out in 96 obviously the notoriety of varg and things that had taken seed at that point but it hit the indie charts in england and in norway too so it was hitting like non-metal charts and things like that mm-hmm. um and even one of the songs near the end of the record one of the ambient tunes was used in uh gummo that's for right. the uh, soundtrack so <laughs> kind of and electric wizard was in gummo too yeah, yeah. yeah exactly nice. and uh so was sleep so they had a tune on there as well so and then we're going to close things out with a tune a newer tune from bellis uh which is one of the two newer uh records the sort of post-prison uh records that's come out and that's a song called Kamadalthus and ned stinging and um uh, just uh Hopefully. It's just a handful of consonants. Yeah, exactly. We have no idea what that song means, but uh, we'll talk more about the song when we come back. But but do pay attention. Uh, it has some, I guess, hipster qualities to it. See if you uh, pick up on those and, and what your take is on them. So enjoy Dunkel Height, Jesus Todd, and whatever the hell I just said that song was called yeah, from Bellis. It's fine. You'll find it. Click track four. <laughs>
Adelphus, Ned Stingning, and before that, Jesus Todd and Dunkelheit from Philosophy. So we've come to Bellis. Jesus Todd sounds. <laughs> sounds <laughs> I'm like sure I'm mispronouncing it. It's probably Jesus Todd or something. Todd or Todd. something, but. Yeah. Death of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Fun for death. the whole family. Um, but yeah, Bellis was. Uh, th- this was a record that was wrought with expectations, obviously. I doubt they were met for most people, but that doesn't make it a bad record. It's just that, I mean, I mean it's six, a hype machine. 17 know, years. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, that's a long time. And it's, although there's it's been a lot. a lot of, I mean, like unanimated and there's a hand like seance, a lot of these bands that have been basically, you know, kaput for sure. years have come back and put some, but really they weren't together prison for, ki- you know, I mean, there was just all this other stuff attached to it, you know, the, well, the, and the, the, uh, the two prison records that are all keyboard that are all shit. Yeah. Just fucking terrible. And yeah. they were, they, they almost seemed like this is back when Misanthropy records are still around putting these out and they seem to basically be you know paying their rent and keep yeah, the lights just, on with these records milking milking yeah. it you know the people it, it was just the, buy them on controversy and well, not was, on yeah it was the kind of record that a kid would like oh I've heard a lot about Burzum and they end up getting you know snuckered yeah. with one of these piece of crap records but. yeah and I think uh, you know Bellis took me a while to get into as I know it took you and, and most people I've talked to you know it's 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 a grower but I think any great Burzum record doesn't hit you right away because it's, yeah. there's so many different weird subtleties sort of happening um, I think the back end of that record, from from this track, track four to the end till eight, is uh, pretty pretty fantastic. You know, I mean, a couple of the early tunes sound like they could have been on Philosophy, which isn't which a bad I think thing. they were written at that yeah. era. Too. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just didn't didn't add anything new. You know, for yeah. you know, 17 years of like. Although I was I was kind of wanting nothing new yeah, to some true. degree. Like it was kind of nice in the early on. It's almost like you know getting to know him again. That's true. That's you a know? good way of putting it. And then and then you, with this track, you start to add in some kind of new elements. Um, you know, it, it it's kind of bringing more unique things in. Uh, I I noticed like almost an industrial sort of German kraut rock kind of feel to it. Just like you there's said, like with, new wave stuff. Yeah, as even, well, it's uh, weird. The the sort of Joy Division Debeche mode feel in the middle is kind mm-hmm. of odd with the the sort of vocals the repeated sort of clean chanting vocals over and over again um and they're like i said there's like an indie indie ambience to it like you know along with some of the the cool arpeggios well there's actually some like kind of upbeat Mm-hmm. songs as yeah. well up not not necessarily a beat but there's more uh, like major chord sounding stuff a little bit fuller and brighter yeah but still has that kind of you know underpinning of despair or whatever yeah. to it. and even some of the like the instrumental tunes like the the closing number uh the conclusion song uh which is like nine minutes we didn't have time to play it but um you know it's it doesn't need all the despairing vocals and things to still create that great atmosphere that they're they're able to sort of achieve well apparently on on bellis um what was it Irukai, I think that's how it's pronounced. Irukai, oh, the old band name? 
Uh, yeah, but that was actually a song. Oh, from okay. '88 or '89. It was supposedly reworked on this record, but I don't know which track it is. Oh, I okay. couldn't find exactly what that was. Yeah, but we were. That might be why we're hearing some of that old, you know, Burzum creeping. It could have been one of those first three tunes. I too. would assume it probably so. was. And then we get uh, to the end of the road, which uh, not too many months after Bellis, uh, which will be coming out this upcoming week. Uh, if the, you're listening to this currently, as as you download this, uh, Fallen is coming out in March of 2011. So we've got two albums in less than uh, 12 months, which is pretty impressive. Well, and it's it, it doesn't seem to necessarily be a cash grab. Either. No, both of them are record. actually quite good. Yeah, um, and the song we're going to end with the the sort of you know title track. Uh, kind of starts with a great sort of proto-enslaved riff, uh, kind of older enslaved type riff. It's very repetitive, but I put it, you know, it has like a lot of cool like minor variations that color it, you know, kind yeah. of give it subtle textures. So they kind of use like the one or two, you know, kind of main riffs and just sort of play back and forth. Well, that's, I think know. that's always been Mer- Burzum's kind of strong suit and the biggest turnoff to people is the repetitiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, that's also kind of like, and I know that was like uh, totally enamoring to, to people like Fenrez. Who, yeah. You know, you go out and do Transylvania Hunger where you play one riff 36 times in a row. And I don't think this stuff is uh, dissimilar to the the sort of movement that grew up in the 2000s when Burzum kind of disappeared for a while, like the whole Neurosis, Isis, Mogwai. Oh, exactly. It you just know, wasn't think, drenched in, in the, the controversy and, you know, yeah. satanic imagery. Well, I think it's interesting. He comes out and he's almost more relevant now because that scene had taken place for 10 yeah. years when he was away. Yeah. And, and here this stuff almost fits really nicely with all of that, you know. And uh, there's almost some soul that break out like a 338 mark or the 442 mark there's like he it's almost like he wants to do something a little bit more flaring but he kind of like reins it back in well even how this he song is layered it. is pretty is pretty interesting compared to what he's done in the past you know yeah. it's it's much more progressive sound. sure it's almost contemplative whereas yeah. like the other stuff was like bitter and angry this is all like a little bit more i don't want to say dare i say warm but it but it, yeah it's well, i think everything like up until uh philosophy was just like drenched in hatred yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. then Philosophy has this kind of more wondering kind of a vibe to it, but sure. Oh, although Death of Jesus is pretty straightforward, but 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 yeah, some as of the later a, stuff. Yeah, yeah as yeah. an album in general. But. Yeah, but uh, and then I don't know, Fallen for some odd reason, and many of you may may not have heard this yet because it isn't officially out, but I'm sure a few of you have poked around the internet and listened to it. It's been streamed um, on a couple sites, I know too. It's it's getting some mixed reactions due to some of the clean vocals which you'll hear in this song, but uh, I don't know. I, I kind of dig that it's doesn't it's bother a me different. at all. Yeah, it just reminds me of how enslaved yeah incorporates he's something. not he's not stretching himself to where it sounds terrible yeah he's not trying to like do like bad soil work clean vocals or something no no it's more chanting or more you know kind of folk yeah. singing or something it, it fits the whole norse kind of feel of odin-y thing that he's trying to do so but we hope that you've enjoyed some of our choices of Burzum and let us know. Maybe you're also in the same boat as Mark and I uh, in terms of being an anti-Burzum person for a long time. And maybe this show can help you uh, open your warm heart to the evil blackness of Burzum. Or at least know where they fit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you can find some level of appreciation. But uh, let us know what you thought. Shoot us an email at recommendpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a comment on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Mark and Jason. Or, uh, you know, you too could be a producer for this show by uh, making a donation on our website, requiempodcast.com. Um, we've got a lot of cool artwork. Mark's got a lot of his original decibel artwork up there. We've got mugs, all kinds of little merchandise kind of things up there. And, and uh, we get a little cut. Every little bit helps yeah. keep the show going. So Fantastic. Uh, so let us know what you thought and uh, enjoy Fallen from the upcoming Burzum. Colin, and I'm uh, Jason. And I'm Mark. 